Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Mel. And I'm Janet. We had such a great conversation with Alyssa Leah Maria Fuchs ago about her personal journey becoming a licensed therapist. And it kind of got us thinking about our own personal journeys with therapy. And so for today's episode, we thought we'll kind of share our learnings and how it really impacted us in a positive way. If you've seen the Netflix hit Beef starring Ali Wong and Steven Yun, you might remember that iconic line that says, Western therapy doesn't work on Eastern minds. And I remember when I first heard that line, I didn't even blink twice at that. I was like, facts, that mm-hmm. is so true. Mm-hmm. But based on our experience here on this couch, we have each gone through Western therapy and we are here to say that it can work on Eastern minds like our own. And that is if you find the right person to work with. Hmm. Yeah, and so today we wanted to take some time to share our personal stories. What led each of us to therapy? What were our experiences? How did we find a therapist? What things worked? Maybe what things like didn't that we would change? And that's what we want to share today because we know that even though we have done a lot of episodes on mental health and therapy and generally it is becoming much less stigmatized, um, I think there's always more work to be done. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we are here to do today is to share with all of you our personal journeys. So let's start by just each of us sharing what led us to therapy. So for me, I started going to therapy after my first panic attack, I think back in 2017 at my corporate job. And... I think after that moment, I went to see my general doctor and she Mm -hmm. recommended like, I think maybe you should try out therapy. And so due to her recommendation, she, um, I I started going to therapy pretty much. Oh, so you were guided from, you went to like your family doctor, your primary, and then she was the one that was like, maybe you should see a therapist. Yeah. What were the things that you told her you were experiencing? I just told her about my panic attack that Mm -hmm. I do have anxiety. Um, How did you know it was like a panic attack? Because I had friends who went through it and I mm. never experienced until that moment. I was like, oh, this is what they were going through. And I, mm. and I got it. Um, and so I think in that moment, I was like, oh, I have to go see my doctor now. Cause I'm like, this is such a new thing. I feel very like this shouldn't be happening. Mm. And then, you know, usually when you go to a doctor, you do the general, like, do you feel depression, anxiety, blah, 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 blah. And I think through to my assessment and my, my I guess like sharing my experience of the panic attack, she was like, I'm gonna uh, recommend you into this 
therapy mm. thing, but mm. just try it out. Like, just no pressure. She didn't like pressure me, but I was like, I want to try it for myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. So 2017 was when you first went. Yeah. Wow. That feel, I'm like, so my first experience was um, in 2019. And, oh. I, and I remember during that period of time, I was like, oh, this is such a taboo thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it still mm. felt like no one was talking about it. Yeah. So for me, it was very difficult to get myself to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you feel like it was easier because your doctor was like, this is doctor recommended mm. and you should go? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think at that point, it was like, I was so. So the feeling of a panic attack really scared me that I'm just like, I don't want to experience this again. How can I prevent that from happening in the future? And so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. But there is, I mean, I can share more about this later, but there was part of me that was like, oh, like I was, when she said you should maybe try out therapy. I remember like, even though I booked the appointment leading up to the appointment, my first one, I was thinking like, man, like I don't, I don't. I don't know if I want people to know quite yet mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I feel kind of like quote unquote a crazy person because mm. I feel like everything that I've seen on TV, you're like, oh, you must like, you must need like desperate help or like yeah. you must be like something's really wrong with you for you to go to therapy. So I was kind of like, there was a moment of like, oof, I don't know, like yeah, I was yeah. nervous. Yeah, that was the same for me too. And um, the first time I went again was in 2019 and it was for, I would say a whole host of reasons. But the main thing being that I was and kind of still am the type of person that masks my emotions quite well. Mm. But I would say back then it was to the point where the things I was masking was, I masked it scarily well. It's like mm. the anxiety, the um, the sadness, the anger. A lot of that I actually took out on, I would say like the five closest people to me. Like mm. They would feel my unconditional love, but then they would also feel these or sense these random outbursts mm. from me that I felt comfortable enough to kind of like leash out onto them, but it wasn't fair to them. And I think undoubtedly it probably hurt them in, in some way or form. Um, but mostly I would say I took it out on myself. Like mm. there was a lot of negative self-talk happening. It was quite destructive and I would say disgusting. These are things that I would never say to a friend that if a friend were to say to themselves, I would stop them like full stop. You cannot be saying that to yourself. Mm. But I was saying that to myself and it was debilitating in um, many ways. I think it got to a point where, you know, sometimes I would just be in my bed and I feel like there are, you know, we've all experienced this before where we're in bed and we're in our covers and we're just like, I think I'm just going to cancel plans and like not go out and see friends because I just don't, I can't get myself to do it. And um, it is in those moments that you're like, oh, I think I, I think I'm, something is, something Mm -hmm. is, something's off. Mm -hmm. Something's a little off, you know, and if that happens much too often, then you're like, okay, I think something, you know, internally needs Mm -hmm. to be fixed, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but the the reason why I started going to therapy, because I feel like that was happening for quite a long period of time, is because I started to get deeper into my relationship with my now husband, then boyfriend at the time. Mm. And I knew that we were on the path to an engagement. And I knew mm. that that was in my future. I knew I've always wanted to be a mom. I was like, this is going to be in my future soon. And there was no part of me that wanted to ever seek happiness from my husband or have Mm. them be the source of my happiness. And I never wanted to rely on having a child be the reason why I become happy. Mm. And that's when I said, you gotta gotta figure this out for yourself because they are not gonna be the the ones that are gonna like carry this burden for you. Mm. So that is actually the reason why I started going to therapy because I was just, you know, anticipating that, that, that the future that I wanted was one where I didn't want to taint with my own um, troubled mind. Mm. So, yeah. Whoa. So you were similar to Mel, you noticed that something was off, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, something had been off for a long time. <laughs> um, but I think it's just, you know, when you carry on with your day to day, it's easy to just kind of brush it under the yeah, covers yeah. and just, you know, think that it'll fix itself. Yeah. 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 I, I do want to say, because I feel like so far already, I'm just between the two, our, our two stories. And I'm curious to hear yours. I think we're going for like, kind of like going for different reasons. And mm-hmm. I think for me, it's actually very powerful to hear that you've been struggling with this for like years, but there was a moment you're like, like, I just need to like, it's hard to like, I, how do I say it? It's like, I can only imagine like, you're like, what was the moment if you're able to bury this for so long to be like, I'm gonna f- mm. take care of this. Because I think for me, there was like a shock, like, mm-hmm. holy shit, what the hell's going wrong with me? I need to like think, but if you're able to like mask it so well, like mm-hmm. I think the ability to say, today's the day I wanna fix this is really empowering to hear. Cause that's really hard. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. just wanted to yeah, just say that. Yeah, it was super hard. But yeah, how about for you, Jay? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that was an. Yeah, you're right. There was like an interesting, like a certain event kind of puts you forward, and then or like over time something builds, and mm-hmm. then suddenly. Um, for myself, it was I guess kind of like a combination of things. I first went to a therapist in 2013, oh, wow. and this was um, it was in Orange County, and at this point. I had spent the last two or three years in what in my mind and perception felt like a mess. And I felt like people around me were probably judging it that way. On the flip side and at the end, I'm like, this is, it's kind of like welcomed mess in your 20s where you're like moving to city to city and you're like Mm -hmm. trying different careers. But I think for my personality type and like my Mm -hmm. history of being kind of more by the book of a person, it really, I felt like I was like, I'm failing at life. Mm -hmm. Um, all All of that kind of, coming into what Helen is describing as you start to feel like, why am I so tired all the time? Yeah. I'm lethargic. I feel not you know, great. And then the bigger thing also was that someone very close to me was having a pretty intense mental health episode. Mm. And I had initially gone in order to try to learn more to, to figure out how I can help them and support mm. them. And then in that session knew also, I'm like, I know that I am myself not doing that well. And it was kind of having conversations with that woman, then opening up this can of like, you know, it was like a, a, a event that happened within that year that caused me to go. Mm-hmm. But then also realizing and reflecting back on my past that there was just like that maybe I was uh, dealing with this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't I had, I think, one session with her and then I didn't really go for a while because I was like moving around or other things got busy. And I just found myself coming back and then kind of like stopping for a while and then coming back. But um, that was, yeah, the first time I stepped into a an office was in 2013. Wow. I was actually surprised to hear how early it was. Cause I think she would say like 2019 felt tab or 2017. Yeah. 2013 was very more like, I think still very not talked about. Yeah. 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 And you know, I didn't have any like real friends that had talked about going mm-hmm. to therapy and stuff like that. But um, I had, you know, in my, I guess like junior high, um, high school time, people close to me that were like diagnosed with like um, like mental health challenges. And mm-hmm. so the idea of it, I had been introduced to. And that's why I, I saw, I was like, okay, let me understand this world because it's very different medical system wise than like the mm. physical medical <laughs> system yeah. world. And so I think it was a little bit less scary for me in that sense where I'm like, I think this is the right place I need to be going to mm-hmm. figure this out. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. 
You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you were searching for a therapist, did you have a certain type of therapist in mind that the acronym at the end of their names mattered to you? Was there someone specifically that you were looking for? And also, as a second question, did you ever have like a breakup with your therapist Mm -hmm. to like try and find a better one? Well, for me, when I first started going, like I said, because I had people close to me experiencing um, mental health challenges, uh, but this was my first time like seeking help for it. And I actually had a friend from college who was doing his uh, um, uh, advanced degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. So I called him up and I talked to him about it and he kind of helped to educate me the differences between like a uh, P- PSYD, like a PsyD versus like an MA. So you have people that get doctorate degrees and then the difference between a psychologist for talk therapy and a psychiatrist, which is someone who actually prescribes medication and goes Mm -hmm. to like traditional medical school kind of route. Um, So I kind of started there. And because this was my first time, I think I was just looking for um, someone who had the like the highest amount of education in that mm-hmm, sector, mm-hmm. right? Which I've learned after after the fact that might not be the best approach, depending on what you're looking for. But I, I sought someone who had a PsyD. And then I was also hoping for someone who had an um, Asian background so they could understand the cultural mm-hmm. context. Um, because my perception of mental health and therapy are so 180 now, right? Um, I think it's like a very Americanized perspective I think I now hold. But 2013, I had, you know, I think growing up in a Chinese house, household, it's totally natural. It's actually not even like talked about at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so I, I felt like very confused and um, and I, I looked at it as if it was like a physical illness. So I'm mm. like, I want the best doctor. Yeah. Um, but but also knowing like this is a foreign field, like finding someone with a cultural understanding that knows the way I'm looking at it. Mm. And then female, because I was hoping that I felt always more comfortable talking to a woman about personal things. I agree. Um, so originally that's how I saw it. But nowadays I've done, I've gone through like different, like I said, I went to the therapist that first time and then I didn't really do follow-up sessions and then, um, different periods in my life where I would start to feel either something's off again. I'd go back and do multiple sessions and usually always looking for female, um, Asian when possible. Sometimes when it's not possible, um, just someone who is of like ethnic background. Mm -hmm. And in Los Angeles, I've actually, there's a, there's a lot of like, Armenian and Iranian individuals who have a very like culturally they have similar like familial understanding with uh with East Asian cultures mm. and uh, uh also when I've noticed that the highest level of like degree or training is not always the best oftentimes maybe how many times they've seen clients mm. so it's like years of experience because some someone might be fresh from school and they're like the most educated or they've been like doing research for years, but not seeing patients, then it might not be the best fit. Um, also, sometimes I will go, when I'm going for a diagnosis, maybe I want someone who's like more, mm-hmm. like I don't really know what's happening, but I kind of want to figure it out. 
or once I already know kind of what's happening and I'm going for like, I'm specifically wanting to maintain this and I want an accountability buddy. That's when like a counselor, um, mm. a, you know, like a, a someone who's just lock, like clocked more clinical hours could be a really good person. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I just learned a lot in that. Same. And what Janet just shared. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, when I started looking for a therapist, I wasn't actually as educated as you are now about like, oh, the society Sorry, <laughs> I was like Psyduck. Psyduck. I knew it. Yeah. I, knew you I was like, oh, I was, I wasn't sure. I, I, remember, I remember, like, obviously, like, I found like a clinic that took my insurance, and then I mm-hmm. was on the, like their yeah, bio. Sure, yes, too. yeah. That actually, is a big yeah. What else? That I was like, insurance is one. Um, and then I just went to their website to like read about the bios of the different like therapists taking new clients and just reading about like their background education I wanted someone with some formal training at least like at least maybe like a master's degree and that <laughs> I think I think in order to to be any type of counselor you need a master's yeah so, yeah so that's what I learned <laughs> <laughs> but I also was looking for like a female because I wanted yeah. to like I felt more comfortable talking through my issues with someone who I felt like I relate to um, I think back then to be honest I wasn't aware of like finding someone the same culture mm. or when I was looking at that at the clinic they didn't have anyone that was Asian mm. or Asian American so I was like oh okay well then I just chose what I thought was the next be- best fit for me which is more she was like a she was older than me but she was kind of more relative she was younger too I wanted to see what she specialized in whether it's like relationships mm. or like anxiety so someone that kind of knew how to like work through my symptoms or the things I wanted to work through. Um, that's pretty much it. I was just, just cause it's my first time. I was like, let me just dip my toes in and see. Yeah. And I think luckily I never had a therapist breakup because I've, they've been all been pretty relatively great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, for context, I actually had three therapists so far and I just started again, which I'll share more about later. Um, and I think each time I have a new therapist, I think my my or my my requirements get tighter because I'm mm-hmm. learning more about what I need for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the reason why I have three is because the second one I went to, um, she broke up with me technically. Mm-hmm. Actually, not really. She just left the platform. Mm-hmm. I was on BetterHelp and she was leaving. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I just find a new therapist and I found another one which I stuck with. So, uh, and the, fir- the first one I also left because I left companies. My insurance changed, so <laughs> that was hard too. So. Um, yeah, insurance plays a huge role of who you can actually oh, talk to. Oh, for sure, it does. Oh my goodness, it's I expensive. There's so much paperwork involved. Yeah, the BTS of therapy. I know. Yeah. So I remember the first one. I actually really liked her, and I was like, and I changed companies. I couldn't use her anymore because my insurance changed. I'm like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. But so just FYI, if you guys are looking for a therapist, just know if you change roles or change companies, your insurance could play a factor. But yeah, that's pretty much like how I yeah. I looked for my therapist. I do want to say though, like, if I could go back and tell myself. Um, if you can't find the perfect person, you're like, I want someone with this ID mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's better, like, look at whatever your insurance provides. It's better to see someone than no one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let the cost be a barrier because, um, yeah, you'll probably change jobs eventually or something will happen and and you can do that. But Yeah, yeah. or a lot of times I think these, um, these uh, therapists, they can also provide maybe some, like, mm-hmm. stipend or some sort of yeah, a discount. Yeah. So sliding scale sometimes. Yeah. Sliding yeah. scale, yes, yes. It doesn't hurt to, to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a great point to not go just because of the cost. So I was in the same boat as Mel. I think I also had no idea like what I was looking for, who I was looking for. And so when I was seeking a therapist, I kind of just went with the first person that was Mm. like, okay, I'll take you. 
And I think when I first met her, I, in my gut, could tell that she was not going to be the right therapist for me. Mm. Oh. I could tell. It was just like a mm. first impressions kind of a thing. But at the same time, when I went to therapy, I didn't trust my gut at all. I was like, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. trust yourself. Why would you trust whatever you're thinking about this person? And this person, you know, has her degrees and she's been doing this for a number of years. So she knows what she's doing. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. So just trust her. Um, she turned out not to be <laughs> the right for me. So I should have just trusted my gut anyway. And I think the reason why she wasn't the best for me was because she was soft like kind of kind yeah but also hard on me at the same time and perhaps the mixture of the two came off as passive aggressive mm. almost like like oh how are you today oh do this you know it's kind of just like uh. are you like what are, i don't understand what you're trying to be for me mm. um and it i i think she was probably better equipped for younger uh, people that makes sense um i was gonna say patients or our therapist, patient, clients? patients, clients, yeah. clients, yes, patients, patients. clients, yes. Sometimes I go. Um, but the last session that we had together, I kind of just mentioned to her, oh, I think I'm going to switch therapists, and she was completely mm -hmm. okay with it. So this is like my therapist breakup story. But um, I just said, you know, I think I would do better maybe with someone else. Mm -hmm. She didn't really ask why. She was kind of just like, oh, okay. You know, I think they yeah. kind of understand. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so for those of you out there who, you know, are struggling maybe with your current therapist, like don't feel bad ever about saying you might need to go to a different therapist because at the end of the day, you're there for you. Like mm -hmm. yeah. they, they care about you, yes, but like they care more about you getting better, mm -hmm. right? So always make that move. And the second therapist that I had, oh, she was so hard on me. It was like a complete 180. Mm -hmm. It was like, not soft and hard, it was hard, hard. <laughs> but she was also the person where I I learned that with the Kleenex boxes, <laughs> once you hit the yellow Kleenex, that means that your Kleenex is running out. So I like emptied out her Kleenex boxes a lot. I literally, the first day I sat on her couch and I didn't say anything because I was like, oh, I'm scared of you. But after like a few sessions, I was able to, every session after that, it was just like tears and tears. And I think mm -hmm. all of what I had um, sort of had been building up kind of just like you know lay itself out on the couch mm. and um felt proud of myself for making that switch because that's when the real work was starting to get mm. done so yeah that's really cool yeah when you sat down on the couch for your, for your second therapist or you're like your official or your the one that made you clean out the Kleenex. Did you already know in your gut, like, this is going to work for I me? I think so. You knew? Yeah. Yeah, I was afraid, but I mm -hmm. also could tell that she was going to challenge me to the point where it broke me beyond the wall that the first therapist couldn't get me beyond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I will say, I think, like, when you have therapy sessions, one not to say whether you can measure if it's like working or not but usually like when you're doing deep work it is you're gonna do a lot of crying and it's not the like oh you know it's like the deep like the stuff that's been in there for a long time and so oftentimes after a session you can feel really emotionally exhausted yeah and that's normal but yeah Ugh, that question what's coming up for you bitch <laughs> did you get that question yeah. too what's, coming, what's up? coming up for you like i don't want to tell you <laughs> That is a question they ask a lot. They do. Yeah. We're taught to compromise a lot of things in our lives. I'm in the middle of an apartment hunt and there is a lot of compromising going on. Like, do I give up a washer dryer and unit for good lighting? Do I want a walk up? Do I want an elevator? Like a lot of things to consider. The list is endless. However, the one thing I will not compromise on is my health. 
I will not go to a doctor with low reviews just because they take my insurance or go to someone I find that is not patient-oriented. I've been in places before where I felt super rushed and not cared for by my primary care doctor, and it sucked. Nope, I'm not doing that anymore. If you're like me and not looking to compromise the quality of your health, you got to check out ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. This is actually the feature I like the most. You can search everything at once through the platform. Before, I would Google search each individual doctor and it was so time-consuming. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Luckily, I found a new doctor, but if I had needed this product, it's what I'd use. Go to ZocDoc.com ABG and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash A-B-G. ZocDoc.com slash A-B-G. Have you ever um, had any cultural tensions come up during sessions? And if so, how did you handle it? I don't think for me there was like a specific I don't think it'd be, I don't know if it's identified as a cultural tension, but there was one moment with my third therapist. I was at home doing my session online and being back at home sometimes for me, it's really great, but I was having just some butting head moments with my mom and I was sharing that that situation with my therapist and saying like, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's kind of tough, you know, like being the eldest daughter, my mom's also the eldest daughter and I kind of talking through like that, that dynamic, cult, that dynamic right, right yeah. in a Taiwanese or Asian household and I think I was explaining that. And I think when her response back to me kind of alluded the fact that I just have issues with my mom. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't think it's mm -hmm. just like a general thing. It's just like, there is these little nuanced things that we have to navigate within our generations and different values that, that I think being Asian American, just female and daughter and like whatever that I was trying to share, but mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh, no, no, I think the fact that she was like, oh, you just have issues with the, the mom thing. And I was like, I really don't, though. Like, I just yeah. felt kind of like, don't generalize it that way. And so mm. there's moments of that where I think when you don't have like an Asian therapist, they won't understand these little like nuances. Mm -hmm. so, also, it, dep it depends on how they handle it. Yeah. 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 I think that's where if she said those words, oh, you just have issues with your mom. Oh, then she, it didn't, makes, oh. she didn't say that. But I think the way her response alluding to like there was no like. Again, like, use the word nuance, but there was no, like, enlightenment, uh, like, acknowledgement of the nuances of mm. this certain type of family. So I was like, oh, maybe you just, maybe you don't have that experience or you haven't really encountered that. But I don't know. That was just my personal take on it. And I just noted it. But I, I still stuck with her because that was just a one small moment mm. and everything else is okay. Yeah. But I was like, I think um, same for me. So my t past two therapists have been white women, um, and at first I was like, "Oh, there, this is gonna, this is gonna be an issue." Like, mm. I don't know if I can let my walls down completely if you don't completely understand me on a cultural level. And there were certain comments that were made, like, "Oh, you know, is it because within an Asian household?" you know, Asian households usually value high achievement and success or academics. And I was like, don't generalize my culture. You know, that was like the initial thought mm -hmm. that I had. But then when I was able to sort of like reel it back and I was like, oh, I guess within my household, that is true. <laughs> that you are right. Like shit. So those are some of the moments where, again, like the generalization or, you know, just yeah. kind of making these assumptions. I'm like, but you don't know for sure. And they're like, well, based on other, you know, mm -hmm. patients, this mm -hmm. is what I understand. And, um, I would kind of challenge them, but at the end of the day, like they were speaking truth to my experience. Um, and I will say that after that point yeah. 
also mm-hmm. are those moments, it didn't matter. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that after my therapy like session or stint, I feel like I did come out of it a much better person and I got what I wanted out of therapy, even though my therapists weren't Asian. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would say it didn't matter. But yeah. there were small moments where I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Janet? For me, when I first started seeing a therapist multiple times and doing like more intensive work, um, it was someone who was not Asian, but she had a Iranian background. Mm -hmm. And so when she would say things like, oh, um, I think from my understanding in Asian household or in Mm -hmm. like East Asian households, this is the thing. Um, I I knew she was coming from a place of like, she said in my culture, it's Mm -hmm. similar or it's like a little bit different in this way. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself more easily like, okay, being open to it. And then I would try to educate her a little bit more about how specifically it happened in my home, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there is a little bit of just like, being open to sharing that with them, but then also maybe your therapist, if they're not of your culture, being able to ask like, have you seen other patients mm-hmm. of my culture? Because there are like, just kind of like patterns that they'll see and then in getting more specific. Um, but yeah, I will say that most of the time it was fine. Just finding someone who, if it's not an exact match, a bit of a match. I also this one time had a Korean male oh. and I thought, like Asian would understand and it was not a good match. I attributed that a little bit to more like the gender maybe, but so yeah, I don't know. So culture sometimes isn't always mm-hmm. like the more important understanding. Mm-hmm. I think it is someone who is able to be open-minded to hearing what you have to say. And then also that you're op- you feel safe and open-minded to receive what they're saying. Mm-hmm. That's really good insight actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess the original question about like having a breakup, I have had some where I just switch and sometimes it's like, because insurance changes or something. Um, But I think I've also had the conversation of, I think we're at a good place Mm. where I can take some time off or maybe this isn't the best match. And I would say that's okay because when you're looking for a therapist to find one, not everyone's gonna accept you. Like Mm. sometimes they don't take on clients if they don't feel like they have a good chance of helping you. Perhaps like they don't specialize in your thing. So in that respect, it's kind of like dating. Mm. So you shouldn't feel afraid to offend them. Like they, you know, just the same as try to be open-minded if they don't really want to see you, like seek someone else that maybe is a better fit. Mm. Well, ladies, it seems like, you know, we had some experience going to therapy and probably learned a lot. Do you mind sharing like two to three tools you have gained through those sessions or any aha moments that you remember? I feel like therapy taught me how to have self-compassion, how to Mm. view the world with a lens of awe and gratitude rather than this like filter of just like, what is even the point? You know, what is the point of what I'm doing? What is the point of anything? You know, why does anything matter? And I think that level of like mindfulness and gratitude has truly led to this more wholehearted way of living. And it's like a a life that is just so much more worth living. So two major techniques that I learned in therapy were through CBT and DBT. And I'm sure, you know, those who have gone to therapy probably have heard of CBT before, which stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, that is the most common, I feel like, form of therapy that is provided for talk therapy. And then DBT is dialectical behavior therapy. With CBT, this kind of encourages you to not have these negative thoughts and emotions. And a lot of times, these thoughts and emotions are acquired through your youth or your childhood. And this is what I've I've learned through therapy, right? So, so for example, as a kid, say someone always picked on you, someone always said, ooh, like your teeth are nasty or like you're ugly. And then you grow up to be this beautiful person. There are times where like you're gonna be thinking to yourself, no matter how beautiful you become, you are always going to be ugly, right? Mm -hmm. And CBT sort of breaks that 
brain pathway to to coming to that conclusion for yourself because it's not true in so many people's eyes but it's a true true statement in your own so a few tools that i've taken away from cbt um, journaling is a very very big part of my therapy journey and i would say success and something that i've taken away and still use today Um, and it's important because anytime i have these like negative thoughts or am going down the path of self-destruction, I now write it down, which before I would just say, oh, it's okay, you'll figure it out, it'll Mm -hmm. go away with time, right? But it doesn't. If anything, it just builds up over time. So by journaling, I have intentionally been writing down like, okay, this is why it's where it originated from and this is where it's leading to. Mm -hmm. And then the more you start writing this down, say after a week or a month or so, you look back and you start to notice patterns. And when you see these patterns, you can then identify what is the source of this problem and is that source even reality? Mm -hmm. Or is it just something that I've made up in my own mind because my brain has sort of like permanently believe this to be the truth, Mm. right? So journaling has been a big part of my therapy. Another one is practicing gratitude, which I know sounds so fluffy. Like it's such, I remember when I first heard that in therapy, they're like, oh, let's practice gratitude, Helen. I'm like, why? (laughs) Like that sounds so woo woo. But I will say that if you do that in a more intentional way, practice gratitude, you can literally change and alter your your view of life. Mm-hmm. And it can be done at any time, right? You can do it after you wake up. when you Before you go to bed, you can say, what are the things that you are grateful for? And that can just give you such a positive mindset in life. And that is actually more DBT than CBT. Mm-hmm. So dialectical behavior therapy. Dialectical is a fancy philosophy term that basically says that two things, two truths can happen at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So you can say, um, I am trying my best, but I can also do better, right? Two mm-hmm. different truths happening at the same time. You can say, I am having the most shit day ever, but I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I have friends that are checking in on me and taking care of me. So these are ways that you can be like more grateful for things. Mm. Um, But that is a a, a specific tool that I took away from DBT and one that I practice regularly. Lastly, last thing, well, not the last thing, but top, these are the top three, okay? Last thing is leaning into vulnerability. This, I would say, is probably the biggest thing with my therapy that had been a 180 shift from when Helen start first started going into therapy and then when Helen left because being vulnerable opened me up to not only my therapist but also to my friends in seeking for help not only in a professional way but from friendships as well um, and being vulnerable with yourself I feel like that is the most difficult thing when you you're sort of admitting that something needs to be worked on mm. right Throughout therapy, Brene Brown was like a huge part of my journey. We've mm-hmm. read so many of her excerpts. We watched a lot of her TED Talks. And there was one TED Talk that she had on shame where, let me pull out my phone and make sure I'm saying this correctly. So she she asked the audience, how many of us view vulnerability as a weakness? And I remember during that period of time, I was like, I mean, I was watching behind a screen, but I was like, me, like <laughs> definitely me. And then she said, how many of you see vulnerability on a TED stage and you see it as courage? And I was like, oh yeah, that is such a courageous thing that you're doing. Mm. But there was something in in me that was thinking to myself, why is vulnerability a weakness to me? But then it's so, I see it as so much courage in other people. Mm. And that that to me, I was just like, 
something needs to change here. Something needs to shift here. So that is a part of therapy where, you know, you get shown these things and you sort of like rewire your brain to think a certain way. But vulnerability is definitely something that um, I feel like I've been learning to practice more of and have been challenging more of myself in in doing. And um, that's been incredibly helpful. So those three things I would say are the tools that I've taken away from therapy. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Thank you for sharing yeah. the CBT and the DBT. DBT exercises. I know I get them confused sometimes, but I tried. Now I now I know the difference, yeah. <laughs> or even more so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do either of you also remember if you did like CBT or DBT in your therapy? Yeah. So, I mean, I like the way you broke it down because I think a big part of what I benefited from in therapy was learning the theory and the way that people look at stuff. Because in Asian households, I think we're taught to be like, what is the science behind this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this sounds like very, you're just like, saying words, it doesn't feel like valid or like tested, but CBT and DBT are actual systems that address the way that, that look at the human mind and how we interpret reality and help you like, when they say rewire, like re like refocus your attention because your attention is what addresses your mood and stuff like that. Mm. So oh yeah, a lot of the tools that I got was just like understanding that because then I was convinced like, okay, this, this can be something that works. Yeah. And um, one of the exercises that we did was for me to just become aware of how my, my thoughts what were the things that were going on in my head, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think Mel had shared this, that when you journal, you tend to be kind of like kind to yourself or like you say things, but then that may not necessarily be what automatically comes up in your brain that's mm -hmm. like running in your thoughts. So we did exercises where she said, anytime you're feeling like a little off, like emotional, write down that, f that feeling and then track what thoughts are making you feel this way. Mm. And then you flip the thought and you, or you say, is this thought like absolutely true? Mm -hmm. And then you find things that support that it's not always true. And then you flip, you flip the thought and then you flip the feeling. It's kind of like one mm -hmm. of those, you know, but that was an exercise we did mm -hmm. um, quite a bit for me to become more aware of how I was thinking and if that is impacting my mood. Um, so yeah, I, I liked the way that you broke it down though. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the more powerful like it's not really a tool, but a perspective that I gained is that um, life can be better when you shift the way you think. I think like I went in there, I was like, okay, I know I can be a little depressive. I know I can be a little anxious, but like, that's just, maybe that's kind of just how I am. And I, you're mm -hmm. going to give me tools on how to live, learn to live with that. Mm -hmm. um, but doing those exercises of reframing the way you think, you realize, oh, if I do this more often, and if this is my norm more, like life can be so much more pleasant and better. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, yeah, that tool of that, that thought tracker was something that helped me. Uh, another tool that helped me, which is not an exercise, but I think just if you are, if you have some sort of like 
past event that really impacted you and you might not be aware that it did, but through going to different sessions, a therapist helps to identify, hey, this thing that happened in your life, it, it seems like it's coming up a lot or I can kind of see how potentially it's affected the way that you um, see things or react to things. So making an active effort to do sessions where they help you reframe it to, and there's different like ther therapeutic methods, but talking through it, walking through it, journaling through it and helping yourself like it's kind of painful because you have to relive it, but then you get to reframe, like how reinterpret mm. and maybe like be able to forgive other participants in the thing, be able to forgive yourself and how you like participated in something. Uh, and then the third thing, which is very big and important for me, was um, my therapist is the reason why I picked up and stuck with meditation and actually mm. restarted yoga. I had uh, I did yoga when I was like in high school and college, but I like fell off of it. And when I started going to one woman, a therapist regularly in 2000, I think it was like 17. Um, she she tried a couple of times to get me to start meditation. And honestly, I was like, look, I've tried before. I can't never sticks. And she's like, OK, OK. And more sessions. And she's like, well, how about yoga? I was like. Okay, I guess like I kind of do yoga before. Uh, I'll try whatever. And then once we, she through her prompting, I started yoga and I started doing yoga regularly. And then when I kind of hit another wall, she's like, "I think that yoga was what, what how it was helping you. Maybe we can like bring it up a notch. Why don't you try? Let's remember meditation. Maybe we try that again." Yeah. It took a good like three or four months of her prompting me, but I have her to thank for pushing me into that direction because sometimes you have to try things four to five times for them to really, really stick. And uh, that that I'm very thankful for because I think that that along with the the my, or like thought tracking exercises has really helped me find tools that I truly believe like set reset my norm and my basis for how you can like enjoy life. Mm. How about you, Mel? For me, the thing I identified quickly in my therapy sessions is that I actually always asked for homework or action items because I like to actively feel like I'm doing something. Like just talking all the time, I'm just like, what am I gaining? So mm. I think after a few sessions, I'm like, I wanted to, I wanted to just, I guess, increase the progress. So I didn't know the difference. So I didn't know the difference between CBT or DPT. So I just went in being like, please, can I walk away with assignments so I know that I'm actually doing something? And so the two things that stood out to me that I took away from is one is kind of like Janet mentioned, like meditation. Like I learned really good coping mechanisms for my anxiety. And anxiety is something I've always had in my life. And it was pretty, I would say, like kind of intense. Um, but through a therapy, I was educated on like how meditation can really help you be present because anxiety also comes from you always thinking about the next thing or the mm -hmm. future. So meditation for me kind of like helped ground me. And it was hard to start at first, but it is something to this day that I ha I do every morning now. I think before I would do like 10 minutes, 15. Now it's just a five minute morning thing. So I learned more about meditation. I also practice gratitude. But at first you're like, this is lame. But then you realize how, how powerful it could be. Because I think gratitude combined with meditation, it just allows you to be really present in the moment. Mm. Again, even though these are all basic things, I feel like I wasn't really informed about like, like I knew what meditation was, but I didn't know meditation could actually help with my anxiety. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't link the two together. So I feel therapy really helped me understand like, here are the things you can do. And this is why you're having anxiety. So that's one. The second thing I think therapy helped me understand was that it like really helped me identify why I felt the certain I felt certain things. Mm. And every session I always take down notes and I was kind of going through my old notes and I pulled up some of like the questions my therapist would ask me to reflect on afterwards. And I have some here. Mm. 
Mm, you just pull that out of your crotch. My crotch. <laughs> um, so I think during this time, I really wanted to identify why I was feeling like really low confidence and why I was feeling kind of just unhappy. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, where in your life did you develop this irrational idea of self-worth? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what you talked about. Like, I think sometimes when you, when you believe something so much, and it, even though it's, even though it's untrue in your mind, it becomes fact. Mm-hmm. And so she helped me kind of like, w- like walk backwards and be like, this is when I started feeling this way. And she also made me think about like, what were situations that reinforce this disbelief? And so just like, these are questions I would never ask myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think of all these sessions as intense journaling prompts that could really mm-hmm. help you identify a lot of things that you might be feeling uncertain about. So I feel like, I love I love journaling in general, so I feel like I'm always walking away with like really reflective uh, prompts that I could really just sit on and think about. And usually after each like journaling session or my therapy sessions, I'm just like aha, like mm, you like, have aha moments. I do yeah, have more yeah. aha moments because I feel like sometimes when you're going through life, you don't have someone to really sit you down and like let's 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 ask you the hard question, Mel. Like what is this? And mm-hmm. so for me, it's just more like again, I walked away feeling more like I could just. I identify my feelings more. So when they are, when they're coming up, I could kind of like halt it before it gets too crazy Mm. or before I get too, before I spiral that combined with like my coping mechanisms from tools of like meditation or just like being pausing for the moment and being grateful. So Mm -hmm. I think those are the biggest things I I took away from therapy. And I think another thing, if you guys are going to therapy and you're like wondering, like, I'm just talking, what am I, what are, what, what can I do? I think it's okay to ask your therapist, can you please assign me like a like a worksheet or like is there a video I can watch Brene Brown was something I got recommended her book to read like same like yeah. her video so just I think it's okay to ask for resources like it's you you get what you put into it too oh yeah, yeah. totally um going back to what you were saying like you had a lot of aha moments I actually didn't really I don't mm-hmm. feel like I did and that was one of it is a long like maybe different people get what you know, they get out of therapy in different ways. But I felt like I spent a long time there. But I think it was the process of actually being intentional and being introspective that I never had gave myself the time Mm. to do. So there was something about therapy where the more that we like, yeah, we're we're sitting there watching this video. I'm like, I can do this like when I'm showering. Like, why am Mm. I sitting and paying money for this? And why are we talking about this? Like, this is all simple. Mm -hmm. It feels like simple things, right? Yeah. That you can kind of teach yourself. But the more that I, you know, did therapy, the more I found myself changing. And I think this Mm -hmm. is also something where I think a lot of people go into therapy and they're like, session one, that's all I need, right? Just Mm -hmm. one session and I'm done. But I think a lot of times it will be the case where you just have to stick it through Mm -hmm. and allow this to happen to you and put in as much as you can, obviously, but just kind of don't expect it to change overnight. It Mm -hmm. definitely didn't change overnight for me. It was a process. Yeah. Um, But then coming out of it, I'm like, oh, these are the things that I'm naturally just thinking or the way that I'm reframing my thoughts. And um, it's kind of wild how therapy works. I think as you're talking, I realize therapy, the reason why you need to stick with it is because it becomes... It's kind of like working out. Like we don't, sometimes you go in, you're like, great. You do, you lift a dumbbell. You're like, where are my muscles? Like it's not going to develop overnight, (laughs) but it becomes habitual changes though. Yeah. And I think through these, like watching the videos or talking to your therapist, you start asking yourself these questions. And as you're walking through your day, you're like, oh yeah, you just start identifying slowly. And it's like, and it slowly changes your, like your mindset and perspective. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. Yeah.
Therapy is not always smooth sailing. I feel like there are challenges and setbacks along the way. Did you ladies face any of those throughout your therapy sessions? Yeah, um, I would say I definitely like I changed jobs a lot in my mm. 20s and early 30s. So insurance changes totally affected that. Um, I did get to a point, though, where I had built up enough relationship with a therapist and I thought this is expensive, but I will pay out of pocket. And because I had shared with a the therapist my situation where now it's like I'm out of network, she was able to provide a bit of a, a sliding scale. Mm. And I want to share that because I want to encourage people out there, especially I think coming from an Asian background where we already don't look at therapy as a super valid thing to invest time in. And then you put a cost to it and you're like, I don't think it's worth like I feel irresponsible almost like paying for this. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't go out to like I mean, I, I took it away from like I thought mentally like I'll take it away from like other other things in my budget. Like my mental health was. I wanted to prioritize it in a way where I thought the reality is if I stop seeing this person, I'm probably not going to go seek out another one in time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to front the bill a little bit more. So I just want to encourage people to like think of it that way, that it's a worthwhile thing to put money in. I think the biggest challenge for me was actually not in therapy. It's just getting to therapy. Mm -hmm. It's getting there, like altering your schedule, taking that time away from friends or loved ones to go do something for yourself. Like it just felt so, it felt selfish. I remember mm. thinking to myself, like, why is this important? Like, is this actually, you don't even know if it's going to amount to anything either. Right. And you're paying all this money into it. So that was the biggest challenge for me. But now that I think that we are all on the other side, I think we would say that it is worth it. Mm -hmm. right yes. to go to therapy and make that time for yourself it's so so important because you'll be better for the people in your life if, for sure yeah yeah all right so i think we've already talked about this a little bit here and there through our um stories but if you had to share kind of like summarize how therapy has helped you mm. what has changed how has it impacted the way you look at things your relationships what were like the most important um takeaways that you got from therapy i think for me reflecting on this question I realize I don't have anxiety as much anymore and that's like the mm. biggest thing I could say mm. as someone that had it really young and literally like would have weeks and weeks on end with dealing with anxiety and lack of sleep mm. I don't have it as much anymore and I was just like how did that shift like I was just like whoa like I don't I don't know there's moments that of course and things that really intense whatever I'll have moments of like oh my god I'm panicking but not like crazy so I can say right here like therapy helped me like subside my anxiety by so much mm. um i think again overall why is because i have so many great tools now that when i feel things coming up you know there are times where moments slip but i can handle it more now because i'm able to just like ground myself with these tools so yeah i think overall i i feel overall if i look at my life now i'm pretty satisfied because i feel kind of equipped to deal with things or deal with tough moments if i have any Yay! Yeah, I know. That makes me so happy. Yeah. For you. Do you ever have I, I may still get anxiety, but it's not like crazy yeah. as before. Yeah. I was actually gonna say, I'm like, uh, as your friend, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't see you have like, like. Yeah. You just overall, I feel like you're doing so well in general. Just like being. Yeah. yeah you thriving, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Thank you. It's. It, Thank you, insurance. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. insurance. <laughs> Thanks, better. <laughs> How about you two? I think I am a completely different person because of therapy. And I think the biggest difference is that, well, I think people on the outside who know me um, and are, you know, friends or acquaintances, they're like, oh, Helen, you haven't changed. Like, you are the same person. But I think on the inside, it has been a complete 180 degree shift in how I perceive myself and how I perceive the world. And that's something that people on the outside will not ever mm -hmm. understand, you know, like what's going on in 
your own brain or like someone else's brain. And so the person that you see on the outside, I think more accurately matches the person that is on the inside. And that is the biggest shift that has happened because of therapy, 100% because of therapy. I think life is just so much more worth living now. And that is just such a big statement to make, like, mm-hmm. because of therapy. Like, that's, I don't know, I just feel like such a more, like, I don't know, it just feels more authentic, real. And this is like, mm. this is who I am kind of a thing, you know, yeah. which is, it's a good feeling to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so, that's huge. Yeah, perspective shift. Um, And I will say, I I see it as well. I think because we're closer and we hear like, we know your kind of background dialogue at times and your your perception of things. And um, I definitely see that, yeah. Uh, And I feel like- Sorry, I'm like a high five. (laughs) High five. I'm gonna high five you because like we already- Oh, I was just trying not to move my head as much. (laughs) Um, I actually, I feel like very similar to- both Helen and Mel, I would say those are both things I've taken away. I feel like I have tools to now better combat um, situations that usually would throw me into a deeper state of depression or anxiety. And also just my overall, like the way that I look at life and the way I look at myself is so much more positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think another level for me is like, I just feel more aware like I know myself better mm. and um, being it, it wasn't it wasn't just learning about myself, but I think ha- I feel like I've been educated a bit about like general human psychology from learning like CBT and DBT and things like that. Just understanding how how people are, why, why I am the way that I am in certain ways, um, not because I'm like there's something wrong with me, but because I'm a human person and this is how psychology works this is how life experiences impact the way you are. Um, and I also feel like it helps me relate to other people a lot better. I feel like I can look at people and I can spot maybe certain things where I'm like, oh, I think I know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I understand. And then it helps me like, yeah, be able to relate to people better. So Mm -hmm. those are all things that I feel like have been really beneficial. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that a lot. Yeah. Do you think that you would continue with therapy? Yeah. Um, right now I am seeing my therapist once a month just for kind of like a maintenance check-in and because um, I'm, you know, trying to work through a couple of different transitions, mm-hmm. but I can see myself maybe in a month or two or a couple months, maybe not uh, being able to take a break. And then I might come back to her at a later time or seek another therapist. Um, but yeah, I will say I, I go through different periods mm-hmm. when, when I feel like I need to talk to someone or something's not quite right. I will reach out and do a couple sessions. Mm-hmm. For me, I actually have, t- I took two years off and I recently just started therapy, literally just like last week again. Um, as much as I'm pretty confident in my like toolkit that I have, I just had this like inner gut feeling that part of me feels as if there's a next Mel that I need to evolve into. Mm. And a lot of emotions, I just kind of want to unlock more and just build a stronger backbone for things. Maybe it's probably because I'm in a relationship and even though it's been almost what, a year and a half now, almost two years, that I feel that there's still a lot for me that I can learn to be a better partner and a stronger communicator. Um, so I think that's another reason why I wanna rejoin therapy. So I'll see how it goes. The one I have right now, she sounds she seems great. Mm. Um, but yeah, I right now I, I think I'm in a entering a new chapter that I just want extra assistance and help in, in identifying. Um, personally for me, I am not going to therapy right now. Um, but I agree that I've had so much just benefit from therapy that I know that if I ever were to need it, um, that it's there for me. So that is sort of my stance on it. And I think again, just to reiterate for anyone out there who is seeking or wanting to seek therapy, like take those steps to do it. I would say to just do it now, like 
today, like after yeah. this episode. Just start taking those steps to do it now because it is so, so important. And like we've mentioned, it can literally rewire your brain to think differently if you are, you know, always in a state of like gloom or something mm-hmm. in a state of something that you're not completely satisfied with, with yourself. So mm-hmm. check out therapy. Yeah. I wish it was sponsored because we've been talking <laughs> about it so much. I know. We do. I mean, we do have a partnership with BetterHelp, like a code if people want to use. That is true. Um, check it out in our caption. Yeah, definitely check it out. And we want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to us share our stories. We hope that some of it was relatable. Some of it was helpful. We hope that what we shared can help you out there feel a little bit less alone if you feel like you saw yourself in some of our stories. Um, and if there are other topics within, I guess, like mental health or therapy that you want us to chat about, leave them in the comments. Um, so we have some some um, topics that we can cover. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.